You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Game day, Sixers preseason game day, game night, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Sixers preseason once again. It is the Outside Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. And as always, since it's kind of the thing now, uh, Dave Early is with me once again. And uh, yeah, we're talking about the Sixers preseason game going on right now. It's the fourth quarter at the time of this recording. Sixers up 94-77. Yeah, Dave, how you feeling? How you doing? Feeling good. Basketball's back. So let's start the same verse that we did last week the same way with, you know, Tyrese Maxey just going off, just going ham. As of right now, he's played 25 minutes for 19 points. And I'm going to get into something that you wrote about Maxey in the second part of the podcast. But holy hell, how good has Tyrese looked this preseason? Like, I am getting way too hype about this kid going into the season and i'm not sure i should be i feel like i need to temper expectations because that's kind of what i do yeah he's he started off hot again and people were joking like if he continues this never misses thing this can work for us um i think i saw uh, that. sure <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah he's just i mean he's just on fire he looks like he's playing with missiles on his back jet propellers or whatever you want to say um can control jet propellers like not like russell westbrook you know not like russell westbrook but like jet propellers but also he's a marksman archer from far away yes <laughs> see that's fine we have i have no problem with tyrese going hands just like there has to be some uh presence of control like when to hit that extra gear because we've seen guards like this try to maximize their athleticism when they're young and it just they just flame out way too fast. Yeah, yeah, you you kind of like it seems like he's trying to get like four threes up in the first minute and a half of each preseason game so far. Yeah. <laughs> um so I'm wondering if that's something we're going to we can expect when the year starts is he just going to get to play in nitro mode every game? If so, that's going to be a lot of fun. Like if before every game, uh, Tyrese is just hitting the Nas button like he's a rate, he like he's a street racing car. It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's good for the first like half. But after that, like slow the engine down. because We don't want to burn out the engine before the end of the season. The Sixers went. Yeah, the Sixers went all in on defense with some of their acquisitions this summer. That's if they can get more stops and get the ball out to him in transition, like he can just go. Right. And that's kind of what you want from this kid, you know, because he is not like 100 miles an hour, but he's definitely at least 80 on I-95, which, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to do, but we do it anyway. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't mind. I mean, I think if he has the green light, which, which it seems like he does from preseason, this is only a good thing. No Embiid for this game, but P.J. Tucker looked good in 21 minutes at six points and two rebounds, uh, setting good screens and just getting everybody out in good spaces. Like, this is a nice small ball lineup here. I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. What did you think of it? I was just really happy that they tried it. I, I couldn't care yeah. less whether or not it worked, but the fact that they were willing to begin the game this way makes me think that they might be a little bit more inclined to try that stuff. You know, Doc Rivers has hated doing that stuff over the last three or four years of his career. Yep. Uh, he loves to have his big out there, but with Tucker, maybe that'll allow him to, to think outside of his comfort zone and try some more switch heavy lineups when Joel takes a breather. So great sign. And, and they outscored him by 33 to 20 in the first quarter. So got to take that. Always a plus when you see it working. I, I did notice that uh, D'Anthony Melton was the starter at the three inter as far as like, who's that fifth guy? Is it Melton? Is it Thibault? The fact that it's Melton really said something to me in the sense that like, all right, uh, Thibault's really going to be competing for minutes here. And we talked about this last week. So I, I think it's, I don't want to say that it's totally in the bag, but Melton had seven points, um, six rebounds and five assists at the time of this recording, played 21 minutes. Like, I, I think, I don't want to say Thibel is like done, but I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes like he did last year. Very difficult to see his path to minutes if Daniel House is playing well and healthy. I think we could pencil in Tucker and, Mel- and Melton, like you said. It's funny, the team doesn't really have a prototypical small forward, does it, on the whole roster? Um, so um, Not prototypical, I, I guess. Not Harris, not Tucker, not Melton, who plays the two, not Maxi or Harden, not Niang, maybe House, maybe Thibel. Maybe House, yeah. I was just going to say House is probably the closest thing we have to a traditional three, but... Yeah, he's listed as one on the Sixers, but I'm not sure what, how he's been listed over the course of his career. I figured he was a shooting guard. Um, that's that's kind of what I thought, too, but I, I feel like, you know, with many things, the evolution of basketball, like, I feel like it should just be backcourt, backcourt, wing, front court, and, like, that's how I operate, so if... If Daniel had, if Daniel House is just like a wing, that's fine. He's a wing. He spots up. We know what he does in offense. And he, exactly. And he can. He can certainly guard a three. So we'll we'll take that. Whatever. We'll do but, that. But still, you you get my point. There's not a there's not a ton of traditional small forwards. So if there were a path to one carving a role, there should be theoretically opportunity for Matisse. But then you see his jump shot. I know he's reworked a little bit, but. He airmails his first one pretty badly, and you're like, all right, I'm not sure that these alterations to his shooting form are going to bear fruit for him in the first couple months of the season. When we discussed the Sixers' commitment to defense, it kind of showed a lot, especially when it comes to the cash perimeter shooting. I don't know if it's more just like they were having a cold night, but as of right now, they're 5-19 from the three. Um I, I like what I saw there, just protecting the the arc and the three point line. So that that was at least positive to see. It looked a lot better than it did last season. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it looked like they've got a you know slight slight new strategy to go along with their personnel enhancements. Um, 
I was watching Monday Night Football a week ago, and I saw Steph Curry talking with the Manning brothers, and he was like, some of the best defense I've ever faced was man-to-man from those 2018 Rockets. You know we have a few players from that team. Yeah. Now Harden and Tucker. Um, I think House was on that that squad too, wasn't he, if I'm not mistaken? I believe Daniel House was, yes. Maybe not, though. Um, Have to check that. But, yeah. Now, I do see that the Cavs – uh, out-rebounded and had more points in the paint than the Sixers. And honestly, I wouldn't read too much into that. It's just the simple fact that Joel Embiid wasn't playing. So I feel like if he is playing, this is a regular season game, those numbers are more in the Sixers' favor. So I don't think I would take too much into that. Maybe we could take that they they played their, their horses. I mean, I didn't see Evan Mobley. Um, I think we saw Isaiah Mobley, but they still played Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell, and the Sixers thoroughly outplayed them pretty much, right? Right. And even with the smaller lineup, like they weren't getting completely uh, housed on the boards. You know, Tobias Harris kicked in seven. Harden and Melton have kicked in six each. And then you got Shea coming off the bench getting five rebounds. So it's like, eh, eh I'm not worried about it too much if it's uh, small ball lineups in the regular season for, you know, Six, seven minutes at a time. That's fine. I can live with that. I like it. I, I want to lean into it. I, you know, I think a lot of the best teams, when we watch the final four, when the Sixers are not in it, they've got a small ball look. We've seen it over the years. We've seen Nick Batum at the five for the Nick Clippers. Batum. Finally getting out of the second round as soon as they moved on from Doc Rivers and leaning into some of the lineups that Doc didn't want to play, which included small ball. Yes. Um, we, we have seen the, the Bobby Portis lineups, obviously, with Milwaukee and the P.J. Tucker lineups with Milwaukee the year before that have worked. Uh, I know that the Miami Heat had some that worked against the Sixers, so you got to have these looks. We've seen Cleveland for two straight games. We've seen uh, their new backcourt, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. After seeing them in the preseason, do you think you can make any kind of distinction as far as like how good the Cavs are in terms of how they stack up against the rest of the East? I wouldn't take much from the preseason, so not from what I've seen. Right. Just, but disregard, if they hadn't even played the preseason, I'm looking at this team right around that, that five-seed range. Maybe so not. am I. Even if they're not the five-seed specifically, I do think come – April and May that they will be somewhere around the fifth best team because it might take them some time to figure this out. It might take a couple months for Evan Mobley to, to really find his game and solidify himself as a rising star in this league. But the Celtics, the Bucks, you, you could put them at the top. They deserve to be there. The Sixers we're hoping are in that next tier. Um, and then can surprise those two teams above them. The Miami Heat are always right there. The Brooklyn Nets have the firepower to be there as well. We'll see if it actually plays out. They've got some chemistry and vibes and got to actually play the game's concerns. But after that, I guess that's where you would start to look to the Cavs. The only thing I will say about the Cavaliers is that when it comes time where the backup point guard minutes are not going to Raul Neto, they're going to Ricky Rubio instead. I think the Cavs would be a lot more solid on that second uh, tier, their, their bench scoring or their bench production. Uh, we, we've seen what Raul Neto is capable of. And if you take that 
and substitute in Ricky Rubio, I think those bench units become a little bit more deadly, especially if you're like, it's Rubio and Mitchell with uh, Jarrett Allen or um, Evan Mobley out there. And it's just like, that. Just that's just, that's just leaps and bounds better, I think. I mean, they're, they're just going to be a nightmare to match up with. Even teams with veterans like, like the Nets who have seen it all, how could they possibly defend the Cavs? Like, if you can put Ben Simmons on Mitchell and ho- ask for, like, best-in-class perimeter defense if Ben's back is healthy and back, which is what you could have asked for in 2021, then what the heck do you do with the rest of the lineup? I mean, Royce O'Neal has his benefits, but he also has his warts. We saw those on display against a guy like Doncic. So can he keep up with Garland? See, Kyrie, you're you're also asking two guys from the Brooklyn Nets to like contend with Jared Allen and uh, Mobley when they're both on the court together. Like, I don't I don't see how Brooklyn does that. Yeah, I think Kyrie's a, a better than he gets credit for defender when he's guarding a really small guy like a Garland. Yeah, um, he's he can be out of like he, he defends James Harden pretty well. He can be out of his element when he has to guard a guy like Jalen Brown, obviously. Um, I, I, I do think the Cavaliers have enough on their roster to show a couple of different looks. And I, do, I, honestly, yeah. I honestly think that I, I do like him as a four seed. I'm being completely honest. I don't think that's crazy. I mean, if you, if you looked at the teams that I rattled off, right. So the Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Nets, and Heat, that's five right there. So yeah. all you're saying, all you're saying is that they catch one of those. And all it could take is an injury to Chris Middleton to catch the Bucks. You never know. Right. So exactly. the chances that they get one of those teams isn't bad at all. Sixers look good in preseason tonight. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and we're going to talk about some things that went up on the site the last seven days. Be right back after a message from these words. It is the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network where we are hosted by the Vox Media Podcast Network, where you can find all of the great Sixers podcasts. Back in a second. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Back on the Out of Sight podcast, and I have Dave here with me, and we just wrapped up talking about the sixth preseason game, which is still ongoing. Uh, want to talk about some stuff that went on on the site this past week. Uh, the first thing that came to my eye view was uh, Brian Topperek's piece about the Sixers bench now looking like a strength. Um, how long have we been saying this? I feel like we say this every season going into the season. Like, I feel like this is something that is said every damn year. And it's just not true when we get to the middle and the end of the season. <laughs> About the bench being a strength? So I'm like, so I'm like, Brian, why, why would you do that to me? Why would you give me hope? Like, seriously, you, you sound like you me when we talked about how good the vibes were. And I'm like, yeah, but the vibes are always good this time of year. The vibes are good. All the vibes are always good this time of year. But then I see stuff like that from Brian, and I'm just like, dude, come on, man. How long? How long? How many years in a row have we tuning up that band, hoping and praying that that is true? Well, if you had a decent bench in 2019, you're advancing past the champions in the second round. A thousand percent. If someone told you that the 2019 Sixers had a good bench, they were wrong. Um, and, and then over the years, maybe there was some hype, but the Sixers just didn't have a great bench. We, we played the, is Dwight Howard the best backup center that Embiid has ever had game? Then we played the same game with Andre Drummond. And, and that last part was actually true. Uh, Andre Drummond is the best backup center that Embiid has had since he's been here. Let's, let's not, you put respect on my man Drummond's name, the uh, legend at, of Andre Drummond. Asterisk Horford. but okay i can see where brian is coming from right i like montrell harrell probably more than i have ever liked dwight howard or andre drummond and that's saying a lot because i was very much a andre drummond stan when he was here i will say that i like d'anthony melton i love danwell house i love both of those pickups paul reed is gonna do some things and i Okay, I'm starting to come around on what Brian is saying. And now I'm really afraid. Like, okay, talk me, talk me into this bench. Like, I'm there, but I'm like still incredibly hesitant because I've seen this play out before. All right. So last year when we were missing Ben Simmons, the Sixers surprised teams. Like they won more games than we expected. And that was part of the reason James Harden said, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to go to Philly. And guys like George Niang were playing really well. At the time, Matisse Steibel was playing well. Shake Milton was contributing. Um, and so now you add in guys like Melton and House, and you start to have some names here where it may not be Melton on a given night, but if Melton doesn't have it, maybe House, maybe Thibel, maybe Niang has and it. And Niang is still here, yeah. Maybe Milton has it. So, you know, there's – and then obviously Paul Reed has only continued to develop he looks good. Like when he's out there, offenses just struggle to make crisp passes and move the ball around the horn. Like he gets deflections. The Sixers are more likely to get a steal. 
he slides into a place a player doesn't expect him to be and he gets the block. So if you're not relying on these guys in the way that we were last season, when we were like, all right, we need Niang to go out there and help the Sixers upset the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta yes. <laughs> for, for a big 28 minutes. Now, if you're only asking for like 15 from him and, you know, 15 from house and maybe 25 from Melton, it's not such a, mo- a monster ask where you can, uh, you feel like it's daunting. I think they could do it. And you could mix in some of these starters there too. I know Doc has kind of liked to keep his starters together, but he does have the option of doing more stagger, getting Maxi and Harden lineups, or maybe just a Harden and shooters lineup with Tucker. So a lot of ways for it to go. I do think they have the personnel to have a much better bench than they have over the last few years. During the regular season, the bench is a little bit deeper, but in the playoffs, you're looking at maybe like an eight, nine man rotation. So in my eyes, the nine-man rotation would be Harden and Bede, obviously, Maxi, Harris, uh, PJ Tucker, Daniel House, D'Anthony Melton, I'll say George Niang, and Montrell Harrell. From one to nine, if that's the Sixers' first nine guys, can we say with any certainty if they are better than some of the other nine-man rotations that we would see in the playoffs? Uh, I, know that, I know that's a loaded question. It's hard to answer right now because rosters are still shaking out. But, I mean, I, I, yeah, it would behoove me to not at least try. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's above my pay grade. I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> what, how, what, do I, how, what do I feel about the Miami Heat's top nine-man rotation credit of the Sixers right now? Well, they lost Tucker, so it's definitely not as good as it was. And Milwaukee doesn't have Tucker either, so that takes them out a little bit. And you know, <laughs> but but Milwaukee and does Tucker have would be Tucker would be amazing for the Nets. They 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 could really use him. Oh yeah. Uh, but I will say Milwaukee does have uh, Bobby Portis, so I kind of feel like that's kind of that's a wash in my opinion. Okay, okay. I think I would take Tucker for the perimeter defense. But, I would too, probably. But uh, I respect Portis for sure. Miami's Miami's perimeter is just their they their bench is so live by the three, die by the three, and that's why I can't get behind it. If it's guys like Harrow and Robinson, yes, I know Harrow played very well last year in the playoffs, but like, yeah, I am I really counting on that? Consistently, I, I, think I think it's fair to look at a team like the Heat and say that they could take a step back this year. I mean, we said it about. That. We didn't expect them to go to the finals in 2020, and they proved us wrong. We didn't expect them to be as good as they were this year. Even as a one seed, they got a lot of disrespect heading into the playoffs from prognosticators, probably including us. I can't remember. Um, so maybe the Sixers do have the best nine-man rotation on paper right now in the Eastern well, Conference? They might have the best nine-man, yeah. I mean, if you were to look at just trios, I think I, I went through this with my friend the other day. I picked the Bucks, even though I don't think Holiday and Middleton m- maybe are on the same level as like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart or right. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons as the duo. But Giannis is so, so good and has been the clear best player in the league. Giannis makes up for a lot. Over the last four seasons, I think that, yeah, I think he gives them the Bucks the best trio. As far as nine men, then the Sixers might be in the running here. 
I did see this tweet from Andrew Unterberger saying that James Harden looks mostly like the guy we last saw in the playoffs last year. And he hasn't been impressed with what he's seen in the preseason. Yeah, uh, but I it's the a- preseason. So hopefully Harden's in like fifth gear and not giving it much. But if what we have seen in the preseason is the gist of what we're going to get, then the Sixers might be in a little bit more trouble than we were hoping because you wanted to see more of that burst from him. Um, the leap it appears that Maxi might be ready to take could make up for plenty, but you, you really hope that Harden has another gear and he can find it this season. Perfect segue, Dave, to the, the piece, the poll that you put up. Uh, who is the ideal number two option for Joel Embiid this year? James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. Dave, are you trying to start internet fights? Or is you're just trying to do that, aren't you? That's I, whole, I, that is your whole game plan this season. I isn't just it? wanted to see what Sixers Nation thought. That's all. <laughs> sure it is. You are gonna give you are gonna start brawls in South Philly, my man. And well, I, what what do you think people were mad at? That it's not Harden? I th- uh, listen, I think people will be mad that it's not that it might not be Maxi just because Harden is getting paid all the money. And oh, that's that's just how it works in the NBA or just like in sports in general. I, I will. It's a 52 to 48 percent dead heat poll so far, by the way. In an ideal world this season, who would the six or second best player be? 48 percent of our voters voted for Harden, 52 for Maxi. So in an ideal world, I, th- I guess the answer is just Maxi's an MVP candidate. That would be my answer. Okay, so I, I'm going to make people very upset. I'm going to make people very mad because I am in the camp that's got the 52%. I honestly think that if Maxi is, I like Maxi over Harden because of the increase in tempo when he's on the floor. Mm. I think that there are times during games where maxi speed and ability to get to the rim and score his finishing ability all like that i think that's invaluable versus i get it harden can get a bucket whenever he wants to but i i don't know does maybe i'm wrong about this but does it feel like it flows a little bit better when maxi is controlling the pace and the tempo like i just feel like there's more of a there are more options on offense i think i don't know i mean i I could go either way with it if harden gets back to the guy he was his first few months in brooklyn he was like a top five player in the entire nba so right if you wanted to just say that's the harden you get yeah the sixers have a massive ceiling in that case because whatever you get from max he's gravy the other way to look at it would be Harden's not going to be quite as good as he was late Houston, early Brooklyn. So he's going to be relatively what you'd expect, maybe a better version than the last couple of games of the playoffs, but not quite as good as he was three, four years ago. So if Maxi takes this leap, he's just so, so quick and gets up threes and transitions so um, fast that the defense can't set and he just presents all kinds of nightmares. But you know, you need Harden to be Harden in the half court because he's got game and the, the, the game slows down in the playoffs. So um. how about this then? Until now, this is how I would feel about it based on everything you just said. And then the poll and everything that is written with the poll. I say to start the season first two months, three months, 
let James kind of warm up to it a little bit, make sure that his hamstring yes. is healthy, make sure all of that is good. Maxi runs the show for like the first two, three months aside of Joel Embiid. He's the clear number two, right? And then once Harden is warm, because sometimes it takes a little while for those older cars to warm up in the wintertime, you know what I mean? Once that happens, then yes, yeah, start to ease Harden more into that number two guy where it's just like, all right, Harden's ready to go. He had 35, he had 35, 14, and 12 last night. Uh, this might be a sign that it might be time to turn up the throttle on Harden a little bit. I think that's a de- that's a really good strategy, I think, because then that gets him ready for the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's persuasive. I think I think you sold me. All right, cool. So I didn't I didn't I didn't upset anybody. I said that at various times of the season, each player has a chance to be number two. I know that it was very uh, political and very democratic. But again, that's how I operate. I'm democratic <laughs> and I temper expectations. That's what I do on this podcast. And it's what I've been doing for the site for a better part of four years now. Well much, done. much to much to the the hatred and vitriol I get on Twitter. It was just like, yo, <laughs> Sixers are going all the way this year. This is their year. I'm like, okay, like yo, some of you, some of y'all said the same damn thing last year, and just just misery and tears and just empty bottles of whiskey and just me laying in a pool of my own vomit because I'm just I'm just over it. Uh, sorry for that picture, folks. But um, may, maybe it's time we should just end on that note. Just just that visual. <laughs> oh man, as at the time, at the end of this recording right now, the Sixers have beaten the Cavaliers 113-97, which means that the Sixers are, they've swept the two-game preseason series against the Cavaliers. And yeah, opening night next week against the Celtics. This this, this will be fun. Sixers-Celtics game one on TNT, followed by Cavs, uh, Cavs, followed by Warriors-Lakers. I, I I said the Cavs because I knew LeBron was playing that night because how do you not play LeBron James on opening night? So that's why my brain said Cavs. But anyway, yeah, that's going to be a fun night. Looking forward to it. Yeah, almost, I almost kind of wish I could, could go up to Boston for opening night. But just schedule does Ooh. not work out that way. Schedule Ooh. does not work out that way because there's no way I'd be able to get back to Philly and go to work on a Friday. Like, no way. I would have to take that day off, which, again, think- I'm not against. Do you think they'll steal that one? Don't make me don't make me prognosticate eight days out, Dave. Jeez All right, how thing. about this? Do you think they'll wave Charles Bassey after tonight's game? Hmm. Maybe, unless there's some way we can get him down to the G, uh, re-sign him and take him down into the G League to start the season. I don't see. How I mean, he, if he didn't even get into this game with no Embiid, he's basically not not part of it. I don't think so either. Like they've yeah. already they've already uh, cut Trevlin Queen, which I was kind of upset about because I just, I really liked how he looked in summer league. So I was just like, damn it, okay. Embiid, Embiid and Montrez were out, and he couldn't crack the rotation for five minutes garbage yeah. time along with Springer. So that's got to be all she wrote. I would. That's think. that's not great. Um. All right, fine. I'll prognosticate eight days in advance, Dave. I hate you for making me do this. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think they can steal it. I think they can steal that in Boston because I am still not a thousand percent sure how not having Ime Doka to start the season 
is going to be good for the Celtics. I think you need the that dark co- cloud of scandal will yeah. leave them confused. I, I think so. I, I just I need to see it, Boston, before I'm just like, all right, ready to roll on the Celtics. Like that that's fine. We'll we'll see you guys in the playoffs in various times in the regular season. But game game Tri- one tri citizen MVP rolls into Boston and steals. Yeah. Game game one, game one of the regular season. I think they steal that in Boston. I think they do. I like it. I like it. Uh, see you there. The yeah, right. The the other big item on the week uh, next week is uh, it's Cowboys weekend uh, since the Eagles are playing the Cowboys on Sunday night. Uh, Any thoughts there, Dave? I am very impressed with the Eagles. Uh, I think that I, I wrote. They were, well, I guess you'd put the Bills in tier one, and then I'd put the Eagles and Chiefs in tier two. I know the Chiefs are getting tore up at home right now Yeah, as, as we record. So I think the Eagles are right there. Obviously, this defense that Dallas has looks like a championship caliber D, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think their offense is even like worth discussing. I'm not sure how much better it's going to look when Dak is in. They really don't have weapons other than CeeDee Lamb. They haven't really gotten Gallup going. They haven't gotten any of these other guys going. Like Tolbert Schultz is banged up. Elliott looks washed. They're not giving Pollard the ball enough, and he gets banged up. So I, I think it's uh, an easy game for the Eagles. I don't know if they'll win by like two touchdowns, but I'd certainly pick them to win. I, I, I also think, I don't think the Cowboys are in the same tier as them right now at all. I I also am not buying too much into this whole like the Cowboys defense is like world beaters. Like sure they look great, but you know the Two quarterbacks that they played that are worth a damn are just like Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. And uh, they split one and one, but Joe Burrow didn't look awful against the Cowboys. No. Cincinnati hasn't, this is game two. Cincinnati hasn't looked right yet. And the Eagles, they, they can do whatever they want right now. Like they, they wanted to eat a pile of clock and go end the game basically. And they went and ran the ball, like the whole final drive for a field goal. So they have yet to even get all of AJ Brown, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard going in a, in a single game. If they, if they do that, they have another gear to reach too. The last thing I will say about this game is that the, the Vegas line right now is Eagles by five and a half at home. And I'm sorry. I kind of strenuously object to that line. Uh, it's a divisional game, five and zero against four and one. Uh, that that line should be Eagles minus three and no higher. But you know, Vegas—they need people to gamble on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a publicly traded team, so they they need action both ways. Yeah, I think it's the Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott question mark that's probably contributing to that line a little bit. They're, they're paying the they're paying the Cooper Rush tax in Vegas. <laughs> Exactly. Who's going to be out there? How will he look? All right. Well, it should be a fun week. Eagles, Cowboys on Sunday, and then Sixers, Celtics later on in the week. That it's fun times in this damn town next week. I will say that it's going to be fantastic. And there's baseball, yeah. So and there's and there's playoff baseball, uh, which we do not need to discuss right now. Just look at my Twitter feed. That's all I got to say about <laughs> playoff baseball. Dave knows what I'm talking about. Until next week, we're going to get out of here. Go Sixers. Undefeated preseason. I, I feel good. I, I like it. I like what I'm seeing. I, I can't believe that Dave would argue that either. Preseason MVP, Tyrese.
Yes, thousand percent. We are the kid. We get all the summer league awards and all the preseason awards. We're just working on those regular season ones right now. Yes. But uh, opening night a week from tomorrow. It's going to be fun. It's Boston. It's always fun. Wrecking the lives of the folks in Massachusetts. (laughs) Until then, talk to everybody next week. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.